The Old Testament reading for this Thanksgiving Eve service is from the 8th chapter of Deuteronomy. The whole commandment that I command you today, you shall be careful to do, that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land that the Lord swore to give to your fathers. And you shall remember the whole way that the Lord your God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness, that he might humble you, testing you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. And he humbled you and let you hunger and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Your clothing did not wear out on you, and your foot did not swell these forty years. Know then in your heart that as a man disciplines his son, the Lord your God disciplines you. So you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God by walking in his ways and by fearing him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land of brooks of water, of fountains and springs, flowing out in the valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley, of vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of olive trees and honey, a land in which you will eat bread without scarcity, in which you will lack nothing, a land whose stones are iron, and out of whose hills you can dig copper. And you shall eat and be full, and you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. This is the word of the Lord. Our epistle reading is from the fourth chapter of Philippians. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger abundance, and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Yet it was kind of you to share my trouble. And you Philippians yourselves know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving except you only. Even in Thessalonica, you sent me help for my needs once and again. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. 
I have received full payment and more. I am well supplied. Having received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent, a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please stand for our reading of the Holy Gospel from the 17th chapter of Luke. On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, We're not ten cleansed. Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. This is the word of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Today we heard the famous story of the ten lepers. They were suffering a horrible illness. They begged for Jesus to heal them, that he would show mercy to them. So Jesus told them to go and show themselves to the priest at the temple. And you know what happened as they were going. They were healed. It was a fantastic miracle. All ten were healed. And then we get to the meat of the story. We get to that part of the story when one leper, a Samaritan, returns praising God. That's why we may think this passage is read on Thanksgiving. That leper gave thanks for what he had, so we should give thanks for what we have. You will hear many sermons over Thanksgiving about giving thanks more. You will hear many sermons throughout our country making people feel guilty. They don't pray at every meal, and they should be giving thanks more like that leper. Well, that's fine to do, of course, to give thanks at every meal. But if that's the big takeaway from this story, I really think something is missing. You'll hear many sermons in our country on Thanksgiving that will try to make people feel terrible. They don't give thanks for their family and friends more. After all, that leper was so appreciative. So you better be appreciative too. But if we boil Thanksgiving down to just that, I think we're really missing something. You'll hear many sermons on Thanksgiving that make people feel awful. That they don't realize all the material blessings in their life and that they should give thanks for all their stuff. Just like that Samaritan did. That may be all well and good, but I think something is missing. 
Because I think someone is missing from that equation. Sure, it would be great if we prayed at every meal. It would be wonderful if we prayed at every meal and gave thanks for something so basic like food. But even a Muslim can pray at every meal and give thanks for food. A Buddhist can pray and give thanks for food. So how is a Christian's thanks different? To whom are you giving thanks to? During Thanksgiving, a complete unbeliever could become more appreciative for the things they have and grateful for all the stuff they have in life. But to whom is that unbeliever being thankful? I doubt an unbeliever would even know. But you are a Christian. How is your appreciation for material things different than the appreciation of an unbeliever. For the Christian, the difference is this. Who is the giver of every morsel that is going into your mouth? Who has created this world and continues to care for it so that planting and harvest continue every single year? It's Jesus Christ, our Lord, the creator of all things. It is to Jesus Christ we pray, and it is to him we give thanks. This is why the leper went running back to Jesus. The leper wasn't just thankful for what he was given. Anyone can do that. Anyone can feel that. No, he was standing before the living God. And he knew it. So on his knees, he worshipped Jesus, adoring Jesus as God, the only one the leper could be thankful for. And in that regard, we can be like the leper, not merely in giving thanks, but in giving thanks specifically to Jesus who is the giver of every gift, and to him we can and should give heartfelt thanks. We can be like the leper, not merely in appreciating the stuff we have, but in appreciating Jesus Christ and what Jesus Christ has given to us. In our scripture reading, that leper After he was healed, he did not just freeze in the road and become greatly enamored with his new baby soft skin. In fact, it's funny in the reading, it's almost like he didn't care about his skin as much as he cared about getting back to Jesus. The scriptures say he he runs to Jesus and he immediately falls on his knees with his face literally planted in the dust. Not just to give thanks to Jesus, but to worship Jesus. To adore him as the king of kings and lord of lords. I absolutely love this story of the leper being cleansed. 
I do not love it because it is supposed to teach us some great lesson on being appreciative of material gifts. I think it actually fails at that. I do not think this story is to guilt trip us into being more thankful for all the people in our lives. I think it fails at that too. What I love so much about this story is that this story is not so much about the thankfulness of that leper. Oh no, this story is all about the mercy of Jesus. This story is about the mercy of Jesus who reaches out to the lowest of low in this world. This story is about the mercy of Jesus that touches us during the darkest moment in our lives. I love this story because it is all about the mercy of Jesus. That mercy that holds us even while we are dying. Reassuring us that even if we do lose everything in this world, everything materially, even our lives, that that just means we gain eternal life in Christ. I love this story because it's all about us and Jesus. We're just like those lepers and especially like that leper that came running back to Jesus. Because once we get a taste of who Jesus is and what Jesus has done for us in our lives through his crucifixion and what Jesus is going to do for us in his resurrection from the dead, well, when we realize that, we just can't get enough of Jesus. I love this story because that leper had to be near Jesus at any cost and nothing was going to get in the way, not even his beautifully healed skin. This story is so much more. It means so much more than just being thankful. Now, this story is about Jesus, about the unbelievable power of our God, It is about the undeserved mercy of God given to complete sinners whom the world around us would just count as loss. What I love about this story is that it is about Jesus who receives that leper back into his presence. And that is a picture of all of us. And he says to that leper the same thing he says to us. Rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. Jesus is the object of our faith. We put our faith in him. We put our trust in him because he is so trustworthy. Even on Thanksgiving, we do not concentrate on just being thankful. Remember, even a Muslim or an unbeliever can be thankful. At Thanksgiving. But on Thanksgiving, we Christians are drawn even closer to Jesus and for him. And because of that, we can give him thanks for drawing us into him. On Thanksgiving, we do not try to just be more thankful for the many material possessions we have. Which I dare say we probably have all too many material possessions. 
We Christians are not to be thankful for all of our stuff. Remember, a Muslim or an unbeliever could be more thankful for their stuff than maybe even we are. No, for today and every day. We Christians are different because we are thankful for one possession. Jesus Christ, our Lord. The greatest possession we will ever have. God in the flesh. Who reaches out to us in faith to secure us with the greatest possession we will ever have in the world. Himself. And everything that he has done for us, to us, and because he loves us. Everything that he's done for you in his crucifixion, resurrection, and gift of the Holy Spirit. All of those things are yours. Because of that, truly are thankful to Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And now may the peace of our God, which surpasses our understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen.